going on everybody welcome back to the dfs army fantasy football show i'm your host shane Steele. you can follow me on twitter at the flex network one today i'm joined of course by brandon adam you can follow him on twitter at brandon e adam 19 and mike dickinson you can follow him on twitter at mike underscore dickinson gentlemen welcome to the show today very special show we're going to be talking about scott fishbowl 12 mike mm-hmm. you are graced i guess with the luck you you rolled the dice baby and you're in you're in baby so um we thought it would be appropriate because that's all we've been talking about you've been doing draft or um mock drafts for the last few days and um first and foremost i mean man how how does it feel to make the tournament it's kind of crazy i was in the i i was in the satellite last year and if you won your conference in the satellite you got an automatic bid. I came in second in my conference. It actually came down to the last week, um, but I ended up coming in second. So, um, yeah, I got I got lucky. I got I got pulled this year, and mm-hmm. I'm in the dance, baby. It's it's exciting. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So Scott Fishbowl. I mean, it's pretty much it's it's become an industry thing, right? Like that's all you talk. It's all you see on Twitter. That's all people are talking about this time of year. Uh, the draft itself isn't until January or July 11th, so we still have a little ways to go, but it was, it's kind of appropriate, I think, to go and, and dive in and, and let's let's be early here. Let's let's set the market on some strategies. And uh, Brandon, how you doing, brother? Welcome back to the show. Doing good. Yeah. yeah, I got back. Just got back from L.A. Did the Disney thing with the kids and the beach stuff and seeing some family and catching up and just got back. Actually, last night I got back Thursday from the trip and then last night i was at the stanley cup game five and mm. so i'm a little tired a little hoarse um i was a little depressed i ate my feelings at in and out burger last night <laughs> because we lost and i was i feel like crap this morning from eating that burger so now okay. it's yeah. california I, disneyland or disney world i always get disneyland disneyland disney world the og it's the og one disneyland yeah yeah, you know it's Disneyland for us fantasy football players. It's Scott Fishbowl 12, baby. <laughs> and you know what, Brandon? The good news is you're not feeling great. The good news is I'm going to make you feel better today because we're going to have a pretty in-depth conversation. You ready for it? About idiot kickers. Because <clears throat> Scott doubled down this year. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with the Scott Fishbowl, uh, first of all, just go Google it or check Twitter at hashtag SFB12. It's everywhere. The biggest thing is uh, Scott likes to mix up rules. And for the most part, the rules this year are quite similar. We'll go through it just for some context for everybody. But one of the things is he likes parity at different positions. And so it's a super flex league. You can start a lot of different players and include includes kickers. Okay. Um. And this year, the scoring for kickers, he amped it up. He doubled down, and it's 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 going to be an important part, I I think, of a winning team this year. But let's not bury the league, Mike. Why don't you Why don't you talk about? I don't know if you have the rules in front of you, but why don't you talk about um, just some of the interesting rules that that Scott Fishbowl differentiates versus yeah. your standard traditional league? Yeah. So um, it it is a super interesting league. First of all, if you're not familiar with it, it is a it's a relatively large field tournament. So. I think we're talking 2,500 teams this year, somewhere Oof. in that neighborhood. So 
Uh, the regular season runs 11 weeks. You got to navigate through your regular season playoffs start week 12, and then they taper down all the way to week to week 17. Um, they don't obviously they don't run week 18. Um, and by week 17, you're left with the the top 1% of the field. And then whoever the, the scoring is kind of cumulative. It takes your average of the, because they're by weeks, by weeks in the playoffs, it takes your average from the season and then adds weeks on top of it. So it's kind of a way to, to offset the fact that you're going to get jammed up with bye weeks in the playoffs. So it's super interesting. Um, looking at it's uh, six point touchdowns all across the board. So passing, receiving, and rushing. Obviously, two points for two point conversions. Um, you lose four points for an INT. So you really want to go with <clears throat> it makes a, a passer like Jameis Winston a little less appealing in a setup like <laughs> this where he could where he could throw for 35 touchdowns, but he could also throw for 25 picks. Um mm-hmm. the that in the satellite conference, which is where I was last year, um, I had weeks where, and my top two quarterbacks were Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. And I had weeks where Herbert put up negative points for me. Um, it was, which was, which was a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, it was, I, I ended up, I ended up in a good spot. I ended up stacking. Uh, I got this, I stacked CD with Dak and I stacked Mike I, by it by accident. Almost. I stacked mm-hmm. uh, Mike Williams with Justin Herbert. So nice. both in a, in a best ball setting, which is what the satellite is that worked out relatively well for me. Um, you get bonus for basically for being over 66.6% completion rate. You get, you lose a half a point, you lose a point for an incompletion. You gain a half a point for a completion. So you want the more efficient passers. So again, the, the Jameis's of the world, uh, you, you might kind of beg off them. It also pushes up the Kirk cousins of the world and the, uh, you know, somebody like Tua who's going to be in a low volume, but efficient, but efficient offense. Um, rushing's nothing crazy. You lose, you lose two points for all fumbles, which is, uh, which is something that they added back in this year. It's a half a point per, it's a half PPR. So it's a half point per reception. You also get a half a point for first downs tight ends get an additional half point for first down and an additional half point per reception. So tight ends are full PPR and a full point for a first down. So you kind of want, you kind of want your chain movers. Um, and we'll get into, I'm in the midst, I'm in round 13 of a mock draft right now that I've been going through. Um, I actually, I found a, I found a community on discord and these guys run a podcast and they've, they've run, I think they're up to 23 mock drafts that they're doing now. This is a slow draft. I'm actually doing a live analyst mock draft on Sunday night on discord at 10 o'clock. So that's going to be 30 seconds per pick. I'm interested to see how that plays out because it's the draft that I'm in right now. It's definitely, there's a couple sharp guys in there, but it's a couple guys that are, or girls, I'm not sure if it's guys or girls that are trying to feel their way through it. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this, this draft I do on Saturday night plays out. The thing that's super interesting is the fact that at, Hey, as a, as a former high school and college kicker, I fully appreciate Scott making kickers relevant again. Um, it's a point for any made kick. So a made field goal or, or a made extra point, but then it's decimal scoring thereafter. So if you make a 60 yard field goal, that is a seven point play for kickers. So um, last year, last year I had two or three kickers on my squad. I had Dan Carlson. I had uh, Jake Elliott. I had one other person and Dan Carlson was extremely relevant for me. Most weeks that ended up helping me out a lot. So in MFL on the teams that the teams in the leagues and the conferences that are on MFL, you can flex your kickers in. You're not required to start a kicker, but the scoring setup makes it as such that you would want to start a kicker. The leagues that are on sleeper sleeper does not give you the option to flex your kickers. So there's a kicker slot on sleeper. 
Mm. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, he's also talked about victory points this year. For those of you that aren't familiar, victory points, or if you play on sleeper, it's wins against the median. Um, I know, gentlemen, we have a couple leagues where we do that, and I and yes. I I appreciate it. You know, if you you put together a monster and you just run into a buzzsaw every single week, at least it gives you some some credit for that. So. I like it. I think he said that, you know, if you can put together 12, 13 wins, basically a winning a winning record in those 11 weeks, then you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot. So it's going to reward the teams that draft those monsters. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, for all the leagues that I'm a commissioner in, for my dynasty leagues in particular, um, I have that scoring versus median every single week because that that does add a, add a level of parity where, to your point, Mike, mm-hmm. if you get a, a buzzsaw, and so especially with a tournament this large, it does make a huge difference. Um, I think what's interesting is that uh, a few changes this year. Again, we talked about the kickers. It's, it's that additional extra point for making it. So if you're making a 37-yard field goal, it's not just 3.7 points. It's 3.7 plus that extra point. I think that's going to make a big difference, You know, especially when you talk about like Daniel Carlson, who uh, for the Raiders, he had 40 made get, uh, uh, field goals last year. Like That's 40 additional points over and above the actual yardage on those points. So I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, you also don't lose did, points for missed kicks. Yeah, also don't lose points for missed kicks, and also a big change for the quarterback position. You don't lose a point for a sack. Last year, if you get sacked, you lost a point. So that was a huge mm. um, determinant. Uh, it made a big difference for for some of these players that would just sit in the pocket. Like Deshaun Watson, obviously didn't play last year, but he was kind of notorious for holding the ball too long, and he got sacked a ton. Um, the thing is, I mean, I never liked that rule because a lot of the times um, when you get into the head of quarterback, like Tom Brady, for example. More often than not, the reason he would take a sack is because he would rather hold on to the ball, take the sack, take the lost yardage versus throwing up a duck. And it's just when you look at like what what's worse for the team, the sack is worse. Lose it down, move on. Um, and I think that that that's just that would, I didn't love that rule. Um, so I like that they've done that. Um, as well as the playoffs, as you noted, Mike, it start in week twelve this year. Uh, versus, I believe last year it was week fourteen that started. And so fifty percent of the of of all teams are going to join the playoffs this year. And you're not just going to go up against your conference. It's going to be against the entire tournament. So, um, and then it's going to be roughly 10% per week for the first three weeks are going to be off. And then it's going to be 15, 16, 17 are going to be where they really get down to it. So uh, I think that's really important. Um, But I got a real question for you, Mike. Where did the first kicker go? In, in one of your mocks. Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm in 13, and a kicker has not gone yet. I think that's a mistake. I think people are just sleeping <laughs> on it. Uh, honestly, I really do, because, look, it's. I think it's going to make a difference, and people are slow to adapt to these rules, and, and that's where we can get our edge, right? Because, um, look, we like to call ourselves fantasy nerds. I mean, Brian, you're like the cool kid in the, in the class, and Mike and I are the two nerds, but, look, we like to get into the details because the devil's in the details, and if you can go and differentiate, differentiate your team, like Mike, you should go and, and we should, well, I mean, figure out who you think the best kicker is going to be this year. If it's Daniel Carlson yeah. again, I mean, Matt Prater is usually pretty, <laughs> pretty bang on. He finished as a four or as, um, so not Matt Prater, Justin Tucker. Yeah. He yeah. finished Justin as, Tucker. as a kicker. Yeah. yeah. As a fifth kicker off the board last year or finished last year. Um, but I think what's really interesting here is, when you go and you look at all the different crazy, wacky rules that were put in place, if you just do a quick gut check and you go and you look at how players scored last year in a very similar format, if you look at the top, it's a lot of familiar faces. Josh Allen's of the world, Joe Burrows of the world, uh, Cooper Cups of the world, Jonathan Taylor was the highest scoring player 
in Scott Fishbowl last week, last year, because of things like first downs. Look, we can overanalyze, okay, this tight end is going to get so many uh, first downs, but guess what? George Kittle, he's a staple in the San Francisco offense. So George Kittle's probably, because we like him in regular fantasy, he's probably going to be pretty relevant in the Scott Fishbowl. But are there any players that jump out to you, either you guys, uh, maybe I'll go to you, Brandon, a player that jumps out to you that you're either out on that you would normally like, whether maybe it's a quarterback like a Jalen Hurts, or a player that, hey, listen, like I, I kind of don't mind this guy in this format because of, say, the, the completion percentage. Is there somebody that jumps out to you, Brandon? I, just because of the issue with the – the completion percentage that is definitely some Jalen Hurts is definitely one of them. Um, this okay. I'm hoping AJ Brown actually rate is able to raise his his ability to be above that mark, but we'll see. Um, the mobile quarterbacks aren't as they don't carry as much weight as what they usually would in a normal super flex, in my opinion. Is is that where you guys are tracking as well? Like I, I don't play Scott Fishbowl. I, I really don't have any any kind of experience in this uh in this scoring format or anything like that. But that's who I'm thinking about. Um Trey Lance is another guy that mm-hmm. low, low percentage, big play guy, mobile quarterback. That's a guy that's real I'm real high on a normal super flex, but in this, probably not. Um, probably not as high, um, but I am all like Kyler Murray. Say what you want about mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, but his completion percentage is great. Um, that's yeah. enough. That's a mo- that's a mobile guy that has a consistency um, with completion percentage to be just fine. And I think that's the that's a guy I would really like to be honest. Yeah, I so, think so. Real quick on that, Kyler Murray had a sixty nine percent completion percentage last year, which was near the top. Joe Burrow was pretty much the, the leader when it comes to fantasy-relevant quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler only had 10 interceptions, which I say only, yeah. but that's, you know, Josh Allen had 15, Justin Herbert had yeah. 15, um, Matt Stafford had 17. So that's actually a really sharp pick. I mean, obviously, Kyler, you don't want to look at – you want to just bake in last year's stats, but he's been consistent. And one of the big things that we, we like about Kyler is his deep ball uh, completion percentage, right? He had a 50% deep ball completion percentage and they obviously hops going to miss the first six games, but Hollywood Brown. That. he's pretty good at that. So I think that's a, that that's a really sharp pick. And uh, Mike, where did, where did Kyler go in your, in your mock? I'm assuming yeah, the first round, right but here. where Kyler went, there I'm was sure a massive, there was a massive space. QB run in the first round. There were, yeah. Yeah. So Kyler went, he went at the one Oh seven, six of the first seven picks were quarterbacks. So you want to just read that off. So this first round, it went uh, Allen, Herbert, Taylor, Mahomes, Jackson, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, and then it went Najee, CMC. Uh, I picked at 110. I took the first wide receiver off the board in Cooper Cup, and then Justin Jefferson and Russ Wilson rounded out the first round. Wow. Russ Wilson is rising on boards, boys. Like I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing it all over the place. He's moving above Dak in a lot of places, Um, and that's pretty – it's awesome. Yeah, and then after that – after that, in the second round, the quarterbacks were Brady, then Hertz, then Stafford, then Dak. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that makes sense. Everybody's seeing what they – yeah, that makes sense then. I, I'm all – dude, that – you know me. You don't have to give me an excuse to draft Kyler Murray. So, that that's uh, – that's that's that, that little Super Mario player can do it all. But he, he has a high completion percentage, and that is key with these quarterbacks in this – kind of a setup for sure absolutely uh, i have a question for you gentlemen and this is uh 
Fishbowl obviously driven for Scott Fishbowl because it's a large tournament style. So you have to assume like when you're drafting, you need to maybe say take a risk on some of these players uh, just because you do want to win the tournament at the end. This year, so so this year, the first bye week is week six. Um, mm. Last year, bye week started as early as week four. So my question to you, we've always been preaching don't draft players that are injured now because come bye weeks, come injuries, it's going to be hard. Like it's hard enough already because natural like players are going to get injured. Why draft mm-hmm. somebody who's injured? So Chris Godwin is, is somebody I'm thinking about Michael Gallup. Um, we know DeAndre Hopkins has a six game suspension. My question to you boys, does it make sense to maybe pivot slightly, just slightly, ever so slightly, our approach on drafting these players based on the fact that like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you're going to have an edge where you need to really differentiate yourself because 50% of the field is going to make the playoffs. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins can make a major difference weeks uh, 12 through 17 in the playoffs. Does it make sense to maybe draft him a little bit ahead of his, where you would typically draft him because of the suspension simply because one, we don't start bye weeks till week six, which means you're not going to necessarily be in bye week hell for an extra couple of weeks, right? You've got that, mm-hmm. that extra buffer. Um, and two, he's just, he really does make such a difference. And especially if you go Kyler Murray and you get that stack, because we have seen there's correlation between stacking your quarterbacks and your wide receivers. Does it make sense to reach, or not reach, but take Hopkins ahead of ADP to get ahead of the field on that and really help differentiate yourself? Because when you do reach, the advantage, I would say, if there was an advantage to reaching, is you're probably going to have a slightly different makeup as a, a team, a similar team. So, does it make sense, Michael? Go to you on that one. Uh, in in theory, yes. I don't know that I love the Hopkins the Hopkins play just because okay. I think he was, was an so example. Of, yeah, no, 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 no. I know. Uh, yeah, I was as soon as you said that, I was thinking somebody like Chris Godwin. Um, he was mm-hmm. the one that stuck out. He was the one that stuck out to me. Somebody who's probably going to start the season on pup, who has rapport with his quarterback, who's in it, who's in a consistent offense. Um, Hopkins fits those bills, but I just think that Hopkins is going to see a significant volume decline this year, and he was so volume dependent. We kind of saw it at the end of last year. Now he was mm-hmm. playing through something last year, but I think that when you see his volume dip, that to me that was a little bit of canary in the coal mine, where he needs that volume to be as productive as he was, and he needs that massive target share. Somebody like Godwin, somebody like Godwin, somebody like Godwin is super appealing to me. You could also look at somebody like Michael Gallup, who now what you need to worry about. And this is where this is where drafting in the beginning of July is different than drafting in the in the end of July, beginning of August. We could get into training camp and we could see that Jalen Tolbert is tearing it up. Right. You know, Gallup's (laughs) going to end up running as the three. I could completely see that happening. Or we could get in and say, you know what? Tolbert looks absolutely he looked great in his underwear. He looks absolutely lost in pads running with the first Mm -hmm. team offense. So Gallup's spot is secure. Uh, But I think that, you know, Gallup's still on the board. I'm at the 12, 13 turn. Gallup is still on the board. I think at that point he's worth a shot because you have, you have your starting roster, you have your starting lineup built out and kind of the way that what I like to do is I like to have my starting lineup set in my mind. Like as I'm drafting, I know who my weekly starters are going to be. And then I'm starting, I'm trying to build in, you know, building upside guys, building backups, building guys for further down the road. So I think that if you can look at somebody like that, who's going to start on pup, but you know, has decent production, I think it's a great play. Where's Godwin going? Godwin went. Uh, Shane, Shane and I were talking about this. You were you were familying it up, but Shane and I were talking about this. Godwin went at the uh, he went at the ninth. He went at nine point one, so right at the eight nine turn. So I considered him. Yeah, so I was considering him. I was considering either him or Gabe Davis. And actually, what mm-hmm. I for my wide receiver three, what I ended up doing, I actually ended up taking Thielen as my wide receiver three. 
<laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is just a mock, which is kind of fun because you guys are going to play it out as a best ball. Did you, did you have any stakes at all? Like, did everybody throw in 10 no, bucks or no, something like that? Or, oh, just so fun. this is going to get played out? Nice. So um, halfway through the draft, the uh, the guy that runs the Discord server was like, hey, we're going to play out all of our mock drafts I mean, as best balls. So, might as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to play it out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you, now, now that we've kind of had this conversation, and would you reconsider that pick and, and just go for the upside, go for the win? And take Godwin um, over Thielen, or you still like? Would you do Thielen again? No, I think I would probably take Thielen again, just because he's my mm-hmm. wide receiver three. So something yeah. that I did that I don't typically do, I went, I went, uh, I have two, I have two premium tight ends. So I have, I took Kittle, I took Kittle in the fifth, and then I took Goddard in the seventh when he came back around. So because of the bump that tight ends get, uh, I think Goddard's going to be uber productive. I have Goddard mm-hmm. slated in as one of my flexes, but because that left me exposed at wide receiver at my wide receiver spot, I needed to take somebody that I knew would be startable week one. And to me, that was either Gabe Davis or it was Thielen, or I was considering Tyler Boyd in that spot. Um, because of because of Davis's volatility, I was I kind of took him, I bumped him down a little bit, and then I was to me it was between Thielen and Boyd, and Thielen being the second option in that offense versus Boyd being the third option in that offense. Um, I I I hedged Thielen. Yeah, I think that's. A I mean, the dude fight. was wide receiver twenty seven last year, and he played like crap the last three or four games. So, I mean, to have him to get him in the ninth round and have that floor built in, I was kind of I was juiced about that. Yeah, I mean Adam Thielen. The the reports are he's he's on on track to be in training camp next month, which I mean we'll believe it when we see it. Uh, he had the, the the ankle injury last year. He had surgery at the end of the season, and um, look, I mean it's like any of these other players. Assuming he's going to be back, we like him, but there's always that risk factor that maybe he's not healing as well as he we thought he would. I think he's 31 years old. Don't have him in front of me, but I believe I was looking at it earlier. 31 years old, double digit touchdowns the last couple of years. Built-in rapport. We love Justin Jefferson, but the, mm-hmm. Jefferson's not going to get everything. He ain't mm-hmm. going to get everything. I think that's interesting. A uh, question for you. Um, later on, just looking at the at the the, the Bengals, Chris Evans was a guy that we we kind of liked. Um, he had a minor role last year, but word is he's moving ahead of Samaji P. Ryan on that depth chart, which probably means P. Ryan's a good pass blocker. So Chris Evans, maybe he's he's improving <laughs> on that talent. Does it does it take the luster off a little bit, Joe Mixon, or or does mm-hmm. it still deserve to be going where it's going? This is a Brian so question. I just <laughs> caught I just caught I just caught a little blurb actually just this week about this situation with the coach talking about the OC of the Bengals talking about it. He he talked about Evans becoming more of a pass catching guy, um, but he also mentioned that he is going to be mixing. He is going to have mix and run more third downs this year. Um, he wants to have Mixon. He doesn't want to run him down, he said, too much volume, but he wants to get him targeted on third downs. So that's that's different from last year. Um, it seemed like last year they were pulling him on third downs, and for some reason, and I think he heard the outcry in the Super Bowl from the fans going, why are you taking Mixon out? When you have a stud and putting in P Ryan or putting in Chris Evans or whatever, but I think I from what the coaches are saying, they want to get him going in the third down more often. Yeah, I think so. it's kind of ironic that uh, the reason P Ryan was in for the last drive was for his pass blocking, and yeah. Aaron Donald still wet and melt faces because that's what Aaron Donald does. So you just put the best, best players player on the field, field dude. Yeah. Like put the yeah. best players on the field, period. Especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it makes Just me think P- of P. Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yes, I know. I like, 
Zing. Oh, man. Glad you had to do that. Oh, yeah. And see, okay. here's the thing, right? So to me, we were talking before the show started today. It's like you can have this analysis by par- or paralysis by analysis, right? By saying, okay, well, because of, you know, we get an extra point five points for tight ends because of this, you want to drop exactly. here. But to me, it's not so much your player rankings because the players, generally speaking, maybe at the quarterback position, you need to nitpick because of that completion percentage. But to me, it's more about your roster construction Yes. versus your actual player rankings because the player rankings are probably going to be very similar to how you typically rank it. So, Mike, you decided, at least in this mock draft, to fade quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you tell us a little bit about sort of strategy? And also, you got to choose your draft spot. Uh, you chose the 11 spot or the 10? 10 spot. The 10 spot. Uh, give us your, your thought process on the 10 spot and then how that tied into your strategy of essentially fading quarterback early. So... Looking, looking through at my draft spot, basically what I figured was that I wanted to be kind of on the back end so that I could grab that value. I, Looking at how these drafts have gone in the last couple of years, looking at ADP, and if you go to Dynasty Nerds, um, it's free to set up an account there. Dynasty Nerds does Scott Fishbowl. They have a lot of Scott Fishbowl data that they run there, um, mm-hmm. and they actually they set up Scott Fishbowl mocks that you can just run on your own. So looking at that, I did a bunch of those last year before I drafted, um, and I knew that there was going to be a QB run at the top. So I figured if I got towards the back end of round one, that would give me an elite, an elite positional player, either an elite running back or an elite wide receiver. I had a feeling I would end up with my pick of wide receiver. I didn't realize I would have my pick of all the wide receivers. So um, I ended up taking Cooper Cup there, and I was I was stoked about that. And then you know on the on the comeback, I ended up with Derrick Henry. So looking at kind of building out that building out a solid floor, a solid foundation to build the rest of my team on. The Derrick Henry injury didn't really scare me off much. Um, and just looking at looking at how heavy the quarterbacks went early, I figured that eventually, eventually the run would cool down, and it did. And I ended up with uh, I took Derek Carr. I ended up taking Derek Carr in the third, which I feel great Love about. It. I mean, he was sixty eight percent completion rate last year. He got better at wide receiver. He's got a great offensive coach. <laughs> and if you look at what Mac Jones did last year in that offense, Mac Jones was uber efficient in that offense. His completion rate was great. Um, Derek Carr is a more mature quarterback, a more mature decision maker in a in a division that's going to shoot out every single week. So I like that pick. And then yep. I punted all the way down. The next quarterback I took off the board went off at QB twenty two. I took Oof. one Daniel Jones. So, <laughs> and part of part of that was the fact that dude's in a contract year. Uh, they didn't pick up yeah. his fifth option, so he's playing for his NFL life. The other part of that was you know looking at what Dayball did with Josh Allen from year one to year two. He took and and. We've talked about this. Allen did the work with Jordan Palmer on his own, but Dayball was Dayball was the architect of that offense. He took Allen up to a, a 69, 70% completion rate. So with good. with Jones's rushing floor and with with the way that that offense is going to run with Dayball, with the way that I think it's going to run with Dayball, and then you know getting Steve Smith as a wide receiver coach there, as a as an NFC East fan, I'm an Eagles guy. I, I don't feel great about having them in in division, but as somebody who who drafts fantasy rosters agnostically i think that daniel jones is a great pick at qb 22 i got him in like the eighth round and then i'm building out my last quarterback i'm going to take i took kenny pickett and i'm going to take uh trubisky so that i can have the steelers quarterback for my third qb um yeah and that's I think, fair. I, yeah it's safe what were you gonna say and, you, and then you got a full year with Kadarius tony you know like mm-hmm. having that a uh, 
it as your guy that's going to be he he's Debo light right like guy has extreme yak ability and I I actually like that a lot I think DJ is going to have a little bit easier of a time with uh, Dave all running the show it's not going to be such a shit show um, oh I mean week to week last year was just imagine being that quarterback and just Ugh. seeing just the just the the amount of injuries that the Giants had last year, nobody could be good. Like if, and we've seen sp- some spark with him um, here and there. I mean, we he's put up thirty point plus weeks, you know, before very easily because he's got wheels. The guy can run, can move. He and then now he's got some real pass catchers with some ability, and he's got a play caller with some creativity. Um, I, I I I I I totally understand that. And like you said, I like contract players. Contract year players that that is a underutilized actually way to attack the a draft by finding those guys that have to do well. They have to play through the little things. They can't take themselves off the field at all. And that that is I I love that. I think that's a that's something that I do as well. Yeah, I think Not surprised that you do too. If you, I think that's <laughs> not surprised. If you look at the contract year for a player in, in just in, in a vacuum, I think that yes, it does make a difference, but sometimes players just suck. We're not, I, I, I agree with you boys. I'm not quite out on Daniel Jones. I mean, when you look at what happened last year, it was just a confluence of bad events, right? I mean, Oof. Saquon Barkley was hurt. Sterling Shepard had his moments, but he couldn't stay bloody healthy. Kadarius Tony had that massive game. He couldn't stay healthy. And you bake into the fact that this year, um, I'm, I'm not a Kenny Galladay guy, but Kenny Galladay is still around, right? But if Kadarius Tony can take a step forward, Saquon Barkley can stay on the field. They drafted Wandell Robinson, and look, I, we, we like Wandell Robinson. He's a dog. I'm not sure you necessarily want to draft him in fantasy this year, but he's still a very good player. And for Daniel Jones, he'll be a nice, safe outlet for him. Um, as a whole, yeah. the Giants should be better this year. And let's call it what it is, guys. The NFC east is wide open this year i know people are mm-hmm. going to say the dallas cowboys because well damn cowboys but i mean really it's it they, can they got worse forward. yeah i think look if it's me i still think it's going to be between dallas and philly for that division yeah. and it's probably going to be the giants and washington at the end but it is up for grabs they can scale together a few wins and fantasy points are typically going to follow that because again, like playing against a team like Dallas, you're going to have to put up points. So it's, it's, it's an interesting pick. I mean, to be honest with you, Mike, it's, it's, it's a little risky, you know, rocking, rocking the situation. I mean, we look at the Steelers. I I'm kind of a Trubisky apologist to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I, I think that he, oh, I mean, word is he's going to start, but you know, they're going to pass the ball a ton and he's not really known for his legs. So you, you go and you get you get that that passing offense. They're going to be deep, uh, excuse me, uh, shallow passes to Najee, Deontay Johnson, and then maybe the odd one to Claypool. Uh, but they didn't use Claypool deep last year, right? They, they kept him close to the line. They couldn't. Was, I mean, it could have been a subject to Ben's, <laughs> yeah. Ben's arm, but Ben I mean, couldn't do well, it. Yeah. Period. So I, I think it's an interesting strategy, and um, I, I'm excited for it. I, uh, w- one question for you as well, Mike. When you chose the 10 spot, did the fact that it's a third-round reversal bake into that at all? 100% it did. Because I get yeah. So I get an early second-round pick, and then I get an early third-round pick as well. That's huge. <clears throat> so that, that's huge. So that's kind of where that's kind of where I'll build the meat of my roster. 
is, and that's where I ended up taking cars in that, it, you know, drafting early third round versus late third round is, is a huge difference. If it had not been the third round reversal, I probably would have tried to get around the four spot. Uh, yeah, generally that's, that's cool. where I like to be. If I'm going to be in the front part of the round, that's where I like to be. Um, you still get an elite. If you're going to go quarterback, you still <clears> can get either you get one of either Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, or Herbert. And then if you know if you want to pivot, you definitely will get uh, you'll in a setup like this. You'll definitely get Taylor if you want him. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in round 13. You said from one friend to another, you should seriously consider looking at kicker coming up. I'm going to take Evan. McPherson. I'm taking McPherson. You're going to take McPherson. There you go. Okay. Out of yeah. Cincinnati. That's interesting. Dude, yeah, the Bengals. I'm telling you, Bengals are going to explode this year. They were just getting started last year. This offense has so much upside. And they just what what happens when T. Higgins is consistent? What happens mm. like that? The TD, the T, TD uh, progression is going to happen for him. Um, I, I just see I see 45 touchdowns for Joe Burrow this year. I, 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 I see that happening. I, and then they got Hayden Hurst, a sleeper at the tight end position, a former first round pick with talent. Um, we'll see if they can get him going. Um, but Tyler Boyd, they, they're three deep, man. And Joe can just sling it, man. He can just do what he wants with that ball. And now he's got protection. So I, I, I'm all in on the Bengals this year. I think Mixon's a top five running back easy this year. <laughs> there you go. I, I really believe that like, you can't argue against it. <laughs> I mean, you but, could, but I'm not gonna. How? Yeah. Tell me how. Like, how you? The only thing you can say is injury, but like, that's with every running back. Like, yeah, that, no. that's with everybody. I said you could. I didn't say I was going to. I said you could. You can argue <laughs> anything. We've we've discussed this on the show. Like, literally, get all mixing haters. Yeah, no, I was last year to my own detriment. But look, guys, uh, I want to keep it short and tight. Because, yeah. um, you know, give people what they want. But any closing thoughts on Scott Fishbowl, Mike? No, I think the biggest thing and the best thing about Scott Fishbowl is the charity piece that he has tied into it. Yeah, so there you go. Thank you. Um, he does he does a ton of stuff with charity. I know at Christmas every year in the host cities, he gives money out and they they just blow out Target. They'll go spend, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars at Target and give all those toys for tots. Um uh I gotta I can pull the website up here, see what the charity see what the cha- see what the charity is. Um the charity the charity piece really is the biggest piece of what they do. Um, and obviously Scott, Scott's a huge, huge guy in the fantasy community, but I really, really like the, uh, the charity piece of that. So if you, and a lot, I've seen a lot of leagues start to do this is where they'll tithe, they'll tithe their pot. They'll give 10% of their pot to a a charity of the winner's selection. And I think that that's something cool to do. So, you know, as we, as we've been fortunate to grow the fantasy community, um, you know, with the, with the advent of things like zoom and, and, uh, stream yard and, you know, platforms like sleeper. Um, I think that we should consider an aspect like that, giving back to giving back to the the world writ large rather than just yeah. sitting on our winnings. Yeah. So his his foundation is called Fantasy Cares. Uh, typically, Fantasy they Cares, will diversify um, where they where they send their charity. But to be honest, like so, the whole reason Scott does this is for the charity. So there's a podathon mm-hmm. that they put on kind of in conjunction the week before. Um, to, it's 24 hours. It's pretty impress- impressive. It's a bunch of analysts you know and respect talking about uh, fantasy football for the season. They talk about the Scott Fishbowl, uh, but there's an opportunity. So it's just a, it's a, um, it lives what it's a PayPal that they go and it's like a PayPal charity. 
that you can set up. You can donate a dollar. You can do it a hundred dollars. Um, when we were on the flex network, we used to donate every single year. Um, we're probably going to do it again for DFS army. Just, I got to talk to the geek first, <laughs> get his blessing, but Pride uh, his cold hands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, but it's, 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 it's a great cause. And, uh, I know two years ago they were, they, uh, specifically donated to people who were impacted by COVID. Um, I don't recall what they did for last year, but it's, it's, it's usually a good cause. And so, um, at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. So we love talking about the fantasy football aspect of it, but it's about giving back to the community and man, it's times are tough right now, man. People are divided. And when you can get something like this, it brings people together and it's a positive thing for the fantasy community. And at the end of the day, it's going to put money and help people in need. And that's what this is all about. So, um, I'll actually, I'm going to add the link into the show description so you can go and you can donate if you want, but, um, that's it, man. Uh, have a lot of fun. Even if you're not in it, there's satellite tournaments out there. It's just fun to interact. I mean, it, it brings the community together and I'm so happy that you're a part of it, Mike, so that we can really, you know, live vicariously through you <laughs> and that's it. So with that boys, we're going to end it there. Uh, of course you can follow Brandon on Twitter. He loves talking shit, especially when it's about Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. <laughs> D Adam 19. And of course, if you hate Mike's fantasy team, you can go talk, tell him about it at Mike underscore Dickinson on Twitter. I'm of course, Shane seal. You can follow me at the flex network one. So if you like what we're doing here, please like, please subscribe, please hit that alert button. So that you know, when we're going live and, um, Hey, hit us up on Twitter. So we'd like to talk about all of our content is over at dfsarmy.com. There's a link in the show description, but articles, uh, my draft kit, my, Fantasy football redraft draft kit is going to be launching in the next week and a half here. So I got my work cut out for me, but it's it's going to be it's going to be up shortly. And let us know what you think about my rankings. I, I tiered everything. If if you're like Brandon, you think Gabriel Davis is way too damn low, let me know about it. Um, I probably won't listen to you, but we still know. <laughs> so hey. with that, we appreciate you guys. So for Brandon, for Mike, I'm Shane, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Mm-hmm.